This is the Cosmic Voice. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cosmic Voice. This is Season 6, Episode 16. I am here with the one and only New York Post, Chris <laughs> Natalini. Yeah, what's going on? And I am Mick Michaels. Welcome back, everyone, to another show. Chris, how are you, sir? I am doing well, coming off a very interesting few days of being on Yahoo News and the New York Post and, you know, Metal Injection, which is really just the TMZ of metal websites. And uh, Internationally so- known. <laughs> it's been, just it's raised been a- the bar of this show. <laughs> it's been very, it's been an interesting week, you know, but I'm doing well, man, doing well. It'd have been How nice if you? they mentioned like something current, like this podcast. <laughs> Not something 20 years old, but hey, listen, you take the news as it comes. I know they're like, you know, uh, formed in 2005 and defunct in 2006. I'm like, well, that's a little wrong, but whatever. It's, yeah. it's, it is what it is. It, we were together a little longer than that, but, you know, whatever. It's whatever. Hey, I'm like, like I just, they said, I'm like, any press is good press. That's it, man. Listen, you know, and a lot, you know, a lot of friends reached out and they're like, dude, you guys going to do like a reunion? I'm like, nah, bro. Just because he won the case doesn't mean he's getting 65 million. That's not what this is about. Right. But, you know, there's headlines. Read it. Like, I think the New York Post headline was like thrash metal drummer sues Elon Musk for 65 million and wins or something to that effect. And I'm like, it's, yeah, that's not how this goes. <laughs> but we knew this was common. He messaged us. Like, this has been two years in the making, I think. He had messaged us a long time ago and said, hey, listen, you know, I don't know what kind of fallout this is going to be for the rest of us. He was like, but I just want you guys to be aware that this is happening because he had made the news before and they had mentioned the band name. But that was a while ago, and I forgot all about it till this week when, you know, he won. He won $65 million, <laughs> which he didn't, but... I hope that album sales go up or someone wants to reissue. Someone says, hey, let's reissue this. I'm digging for the original CDs. Yeah, hey, listen, you do what you can. If it's going to happen to anybody, it's going to have somebody with a bobblehead comic and an action figure. (laughs) I can't tell you for sure that our numbers on YouTube have gone up. That I can tell you for sure. Well, there you go. I was watching. I was watching. And they've gone up significantly. <laughs> now, whether people like it, I have no idea. But they, the numbers have gone up, I will say that. You and Ace Freely watching your numbers. How they compare to Kiss. Yeah, well, yes. No, not even comparison. Somebody did post, I'm only here because Elon Musk lost it or something <laughs> like that. It was really funny. That's amazing. Funny. That's amazing. Yeah, dude. It, yeah. It's been, it's been crazy. It's been really crazy. Well, congratulations to you. I mean, nothing beats a, a younger pitcher in the post. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Right? Seriously. You know? They didn't even mention our names from Nah, it doesn't right. matter. <laughs> doesn't <don't> matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm some... like, oh my God, can I sue the New York Post for 
fingerprint in my likeness? That's, you probably could. Did they get clearance? Where'd they get that photo? I don't know. You know what I mean? It's hard to... Listen, can you sue Elon just for disrupting your life because of what he did? <laughs> I'm just hoping so. I mean, listen, if you could just get just get like three million, you'd be okay. I mean, if they put out sixty five, what's three million more? I'm just hoping another news source hits me up because I'll talk about it. Just go look at the picture. Look what it did to my beard. You're right. Exactly. (laughs) Where's all the uh, paparazzi outside? Yeah, really? Listen, you never know. All of a sudden you're going to get festival requests this year. That'd be crazy. Hey, you know what? In this business, crazier stuff has happened. Yeah, man. Listen, whatever. You know, it was a fun couple days. It was good for a few laughs, and we had a good time with it. Because I do keep in contact with those guys. Like, we do have a text message thread. That, you know, we'll chat them once in a while. Like, nothing crazy. And I sent the New York Post picture, and I was like, hey, Rich, thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> for the New York Post before, and we had a good laugh. That's it, man. I mean, it's, Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's all somebody says something say when was the last time you were in the new york post uh, that's, never that's, see that's what i'm gonna see i'm, I'm gonna, that's gonna be my back pocket i want to start throwing that around so you want to bust my shoes about something i'm gonna go yeah when was the last time you were in the new york post yeah you got a lot of lists of stuff that you know <laughs> i'll tell you man it pays when was the last time your band was in the that's new right york post? I don't when hear was the last time your ex drummer sued elon musk you know what i mean and one and one mick one i'm dude. telling you you got Juan. a lot of firsts a lot of firsts crazy but i don't like you know to be to be completely honest i, I don't really understand the lawsuit i don't know i don't know if you read the article i don't i don't understand the lawsuit i don't know you know i guess that 65 million goes back in shares i don't know i I have no idea i didn't understand it when he originally told me again i don't know if that's actually going to come out of you know mr elon's personal pocket or no i'm sure they're going to appeal at something and it'll be worked down to something it had more to do with like stocks and shares and stuff like that he's not funding a whole no, I don't think he's, I mean, I guess he's upset to some degree. I don't think he's getting a job at Walmart this week. No, 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 no. He may buy Walmart, but I don't know. <laughs> Hell, buy a club. Hey, he may buy all the remaining copies of that band CD and, and have a destruction party, <laughs> which would be a benefit for you guys, too. It's true, bro. It's true. Good if you're going to do promo, baby, do it what you're doing. Get in the New York Post and come Can't. up with some weird way to rebirth a band that's been gone for almost 20 years. <laughs> it's crazy, man. But it's been fun. It, it yeah. has been good for a few laughs. And, uh, you know, like I put on my social media the other day, like I repost New York Post with our, you know, a link to our video. Because, you know, why wouldn't I? I mean, come on. You know what I mean? Like, it's all in fun. Who cares? Yeah, I went to it. <laughs> You know, yeah, I had seen I know it before. Thinking, I had seen it before. Yeah. I was aware of it, but yeah, I was like, oh, I'm just. I start clicking around. Why not? Yeah, why not, man? You know, it's, yeah. it's all in fun. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, congratulations to you. I'm sure yeah, you'll thanks, get a buddy. sitcom out of this deal. So, <laughs> you know, uh, at least a car. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's actually for you. That's all that's left. I mean, again, I'm going to make fun of it, but I'm going to be telling the truth. You got a radio show. You got a podcast. You got several bands, <laughs> right? Hold on, I'm not done yet. You got the bobblehead. You got <laughs> you the action like figure. Right, you got the action figure. You have a comic. Now all you need is a TV show. You're set. That's it. Done. You are the true king of all media. <laughs> then that's when you start doing a traveling one man, fifteen minute show, and you start doing TED talks. I, I guess we're gonna have to oh, change the. I mean, we're gonna have to change the name. The Cosmic View featuring. <laughs> <laughs> or, or you know, Chris Donnellini's The Cosmic View. <laughs> hey, wasn't oh, there another guy at one time? Yeah, I'm like uh, Richie's older brother after the first season. 
like Kid in Play. <laughs> oh my god, that's so Or uh, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, wasn't there another guy? Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. But uh, you know I mean? yeah, man, how about you? How you doing? I'm doing okay. <laughs> I'm doing great, man. I'm doing Good. fantastic. It's Ross the Boss. This is Stephen Pearson from Rat, the Rat Bastard. You're listening to the Cosmic Voice. I don't necessarily listen to audio podcasts. I know that sounds crazy since oh. we do an audio podcast. Okay. But what I do is I watch a lot of YouTube channels. So I guess I don't know if they're considered podcasts as well. I guess they are yeah. to some degree. Yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah. And I was doing like comparison in terms of a shtick. Okay. And for lack of a better term. And I'm watching a lot of these hosts and you can tell that they're putting on a character. Some of it's aggravating and some of it's like some of it's kind of funny. And then okay. some of it I can tell at least it seems like some of this is maybe these people's personality for real. But okay. other people it's not so much. It's how it's edited and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so I yeah. started kind of reflecting on our stuff. And listen, this is not to take away from the New York Post thing and all. Like, I'm not <laughs> like, oh, he just completely railroaded that thing, stealing his glory. No, I'm not. I'm not. Listen, we just gave 10 minutes of it, all right? What do you want? <laughs> I'll be bringing it up again. I'm sure. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll figure it out at the second half how to bring it I'll back up. I'll work it in somewhere. Yeah. But so I started reflecting on, like, are we doing that too and not realizing it? I don't want to do that. I'm hoping that we're speaking more like we speak to one another than putting on a shtick. Now, I do know that, you know, with the beginning of the show, the end of the show, there's a little bit of the bumpers that we put in. There's a delivery to it. So there's a consistency. And then we kind of go into you and I talking. The only difference between you and I talking here on the podcast, and we've talked about this before, and you and I talking off air, just in a venue at lunch or whatever, is that we curse a lot more. Yeah, that's, that, sure. that's the only difference. And yeah. like I've talked about, like one, you know, I want to avoid any censorship if we can avoid it. And two, this is a good practice for me not to curse because I seem <laughs> to, I was accused of, you know, Mick, hanging with you, I wind up using the F word quite more than I normally do. I'm like, well, you know, that's the way I grew up. Every word was, there was an adjective of an F word with it. <laughs> it didn't matter. Whatever you did, the F word accompanied it. It wasn't a curse word to us. It was just an adjective. It was a descriptor. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah, a noun. Yeah, yeah. It was a verb. Yeah. It was a pronoun. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I do. I do. What do you think? Because guys have the delivery and they have this kind of talk like this. And I know there's always been that shtick of the radio voice. When I'm doing voiceovers for radio stations for the band or somebody asks me to do something for them, you give a certain delivery because this is something that's going to be heard over and over and over again. Sure. It's just sure. not banter. Sure. It's a script. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. for us, there's nothing scripted here. Like, we have no. a topic. We go into a topic, no. but it's kind of a lot of it. It's shooting from the hip off the cuff. Yeah, I know you and I think about it, but to be more authentic and genuine because I don't know what you're going to say. You don't know what I'm going to say. And we want to right. be able to go back and forth on that. And that sometimes yep. sparks additional conversation. So we're just trying to make it, like we said, we just decided to record what you and I have been doing for 40 years. 
Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Let me ask you this. When you're watching a video podcast, what kind of video podcast are you watching? Are you watching self-help? Are you watching comedians? Are you watching? There's an array of them. Okay. I do workout okay. stuff and I do a music, oh, okay. of course. Okay. I'm into music. Okay. I don't do much comedian type stuff. Though certain guys seem to have a comedic take. And there's people yeah, that yeah, I yeah, seem yeah. to resonate with. Like, that's kind yeah. of funny. Mm -hmm. Even if it is shtick, you can see where it's crafted in a quality. It's not just, yes. like, this isn't how this person really is. Because I can't yeah. believe that people yeah. are like that, right? I get it that sometimes when you're interviewing, like, say, celebrities, you want to come across a certain way or, or yeah. whatever. I get all that. I like toy restoration videos, and uh, one time I was heavily into watching guys make those dioramas of toy stuff. Oh, like sure, I mean, like sure. some amazing, yeah, yeah. like they, you know, sculptors and stuff. I watch special mm -hmm. effects. There are a few that I watch, and like yourself, I watch all different ones. Everybody should be able to be creative. That's your thing. Some people are better at it than others, and that doesn't mean anything because sometimes people get better. I think there are some people out there that are trying their best, and they're just not that great at it. I do watch a lot of music ones, like maybe through review and records, and some of these people are, are they're just awful. Like, they're just bad. I don't think they mean to be bad. They're just not great on camera or great talking. And then there are some that, that I have watched that are very celebrity-based where they're trying to stay their lane and they're trying to stay out of trouble. They're, you know what I mean? So it's very, you know, formula. You know, where I'm going to say these things. I'm going to do these things. And the questions are kind of the same. They don't really get too risque and not that you need to get risque but you know sometimes i watch some of these celebrity ones and i'm just like oh dude like these are the same questions i got there's got to be other questions to ask but i think there are some that are just pure genuine and i think that you and i bring something that's genuine our conversations are genuine if you if you and i were at a bar somewhere or at a club and we were playing someone walked up to us to talk about what we've talked about the podcast we're going to have the same conversation now we just have a third person Again, like you said, the only thing that we have curbed is our language, our cursing, right? Because we tried to stay kind of PG. It's one of the things we talked about when we first started doing this. So I think that there are some people that are very disingenuous. There's also people that just aren't good at it. Maybe they'll get better if they keep doing it and learning the do's and don'ts and what's good and what's not. Editing is a big thing, obviously. You do a lot of editing behind the scenes. And there are some bad ones out there. In terms of you and I, I think it's very genuine. I think our conversations are genuine. You know, if you've listened to any, you listened to the kiss show we did when we interviewed Santa Claus, you know, when we talk about your Christmas stuff, like I think they're genuine conversations. And I think you could tell, I think that comes across pretty well because I do listen to the show when it comes out every Tuesday, just to kind of, cause I like to hear it. There are some things that maybe I missed because you know, that you had said because you were in the moment. So I do listen to it again and, and I think it's pretty genuine, but there are some out there that just aren't, I watch a lot of travel blogs and some of these people are just, they're not good at all. Like it's just not great stuff. You know, it really kind of depends on what people are trying to do. I, again, like we talk about all the time through COVID, like because everybody was sitting home, everybody just picked up a Casio recorder and thought they were going to be a musician and write a hit. Right. And I think it's kind of the same thing with video podcasts or vlogging, however you want to put it, where, you know, these people just picked up a camera and said, Oh, I'm going to try to be the next influencer. And you know, that's a big thing right now, right? Like as influencers, it's a huge thing right now. You know, some people just aren't great at it. They're not genuine. They're trying to be somebody they're not. And there are a couple of people that I've stopped watching because they're just not great. Like, it's just not good at all. You know, it's not very fluid. It's kind of all around. The camera work's not great. There's some celebrity interviews that I, I don't watch anymore because it's just the same old blah, blah, you know, same old questions, nothing interesting. 
I used to listen to, and I don't want to say any names, but I will. I used to listen to Dak Shepard's podcast. I can't remember the name of his show. And he had a lot of celebrities on. And it just got to the point where it was like, oh, like I can't. He just droned on and on and on. And I'm like, oh my God, like I can't do this anymore. And he's a good actor. Like I like him, you know, as an actor. And he seems like a good human being. I just stopped listening to his podcast because it just wasn't interesting. I think that some podcasts, some video vlogs, whatever you want to say, I think that some are just going through the motions, you know, just to get out there, just to do something different. Yeah, I have noticed that there are certain people that I think are doing some things with the hope that they're going to get noticed be the next big thing. Some of it's they're acting like other people because they feel that maybe that's the way to do it or not. Listen, I'm not saying that I would do well on camera. I'm not sure. There was a reason why we decided not to do this as a video type of podcast too. Well, originally, I mean, podcast traditionally was audio. The YouTube portion of this podcast came three seasons later and we just needed to streamline it and it's less editing and... You know, I don't want to be bothered with doing my hair every single time. We right, do it, right, you know right, I mean? right, 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 right. Because right, right, I don't right, wear my hair down all the time. Mostly it's, right. it's you know, I go back into uh, tourist mode and everything gets pulled right, right. back. <laughs> right. Like I said, I don't know how well I would do on camera. It would have to be a learned experience. I listen to podcasts and I watch these video channels because of the information that I like yeah. or I'm interested in. But then there's always that piece of me because... We do a show, and we are involved in some level of media. Well, yeah. you know, am I doing this? Am I not doing this? Do I need to be better? That kind of thing. Because, I mean, think about it. Just as artists, we're trying to refine everything that we're doing. And maybe sometimes that means we have to create a new definition for it, define what it is we're trying to do, refine what it is that we're currently doing, and then have this new thing. And I constantly say, well, I mean, are we doing this? Are we doing that? Should we do that? And I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, I don't think, because, again, if your favorite artist is doing something that you would like to do, how can you do it for what it is you're doing? I do the same thing for the show. Yeah. To make it clear, I'm not stressing over it and I'm not being overwhelmed by it. It's just it it hit me in between the last couple shows that we did as I'm watching stuff. Like you said, there was a couple people that I would like what their topics are and who they're bringing on, but they were making it harder and harder for me to get engaged in the show. Yes, 100%. Right? And then there are certain people that are so genuine that at first it's off-putting, but for some reason I'm being drawn back, and then all of a sudden when you get it, you're like, hey, I get it. That's just the way they are. And there's something kind of cool about it. Yes. And maybe that's kind of where some things are with us. It's like, who are these two bozos? And then after like Christmas kiss and New York Post talking, see, I told you I'd work it back in. <laughs> Show's not over, too. Show's not over yet. I'm sure we'll get it in someplace else. But who wants to hear these guys? I guess there is a point that I want us to be as genuine as we possibly can with some fun. We throw yeah, in jokes and, you know, and take shots and stuff like that. But at the same time, I just hope that it's coming across. And if it's not, I want to fix that. It's always a self-reflection. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, no, not no, not at all. To be honest, like I, there are podcasts I listen to, and I, no matter what the subject is, I, I listen to the content, the, the hosts, how it sounds, and go, how are you and I matching this or whatever it is? And to tell you the truth, like I listen, I do, I listen to a ton of podcasts, probably more than I should. To me, I think we're pretty comparable: sound, conversation, you and I as hosts descriptions the how the posts come across like i think we're pretty comparable now obviously everybody's trying to be the next joe rogan and that will never happen because the one thing about joe is 
like he changed the game, right? Because he literally will just sit for two to three hours. He's one of those guys that knows everything. Like he knows a little about everything. And he's not afraid to have people on where he has discussions or doesn't know anything. His shows are really just him riffing, right? Just going back and forth. They may be drinking, they may be smoking, or some of his conversations are just going by the seat of his pants. He's just kind of obviously one of the best at what he does. And really what he does is he just talks. He just has a conversation. He has a conversation with interesting people all kinds of interesting people. One minute he could have James Hetfield on and the next minute he's having some scientist from NASA on. He was a forerunner too. So he was doing it before oh, yeah. it became a thing. And you know, really his model and not to make a comparison and maybe I'm totally off base here, but I was a Howard Stern fan for the longest time. Like back in the day, listening yeah. to him in the eighties, nice, you know, yep. so on and so forth. Yep. His forum years ago was he would have on just regular people and he would talk for four or five hours. Yeah. And just interview yeah. regular yeah. people. And, and then he got away from that as well. It just became more celebrity-based, shorter times. I think what he does is there's a lot of interesting content there. And a lot of times, if you're watching Joe Rogan, you're seeing an edited version. Like, I know for me. Oh, yeah, I think you so. You know what I mean? You pick up, because yeah. then they hit the highlights. At this stage of the game, there's an authenticity to it. Because it is what it is. It is yeah. the Joe Rogan yeah. show. And this is what most people have come to know of him. Yeah, I think that more people are probably familiar with that than his comedy, or that when he was host of that show, I forget, oh, Fear Factor, Fear yeah. Factor, yeah, or his MMA career right. on both sides of the ring, you know that type of thing. So, <laughs> yeah, and listen, more power to him. If that's the example, well, that's good. Is that example ever going to be trumped? Yeah, probably at some point. But it depends on yeah. the content. It depends on the content. Like it's not one show over another. And by that, I mean it's not a political show. It's not a music show. It's not a scientific show. It's not a religious show. It's all that and then some. Yeah, and I am sure his numbers, and I could be talking out of pocket, but I am sure his number and his fan base, because I'm a fan, but I don't listen to every show. I only listen to people that I go, oh, I might be interested in hearing this. So would like to know what his numbers are based on the kind of guest he has. Does he have better numbers when there's a musician? Does he have better numbers when there's a scientist, a political person? And sometimes some of the stuff's just too heavy. I don't really want to listen to it during the day. I want to you know, listen to somebody that's upbeat, something that's kind of fun. Or I wonder if his fans, his fan base, which again, I am one, do they listen to every show? Like every time there's one, do people just listen to when it's him and comedians? Or I think that there's a percentage that listens all the time yeah oh yeah and yeah, of but course. how big is it i don't is it yeah small? i don't like, well it has I mean? to be big enough that it he's able to continue getting what he's getting uh, yeah that's fair. right and yeah, then you okay. have yeah, those fair. then you that's have fair. i mean i'm a fan as well but i don't listen to every show it really is based on the guest yeah you know what i mean yeah, I would or, so. or a I would. particular topic that would interest me and as i get older i'm realizing i'm getting dumber so it's certain topics <laughs> i can't just pick up on yeah, yeah. And if it's not kiss or christmas or the new york post <laughs> i kind of miss the mark and if they can't yeah. do it in eight minutes or less well i'm sorry guys i've checked out <laughs> yeah I've, I've tried to listen to like doctors that he's had on and scientists and i you know they just get talking about things i'm just like oh i, I can't let just tuning out. My brain's going to explode. Yeah. I watched some workout things because, you know, when I was younger, I was heavily into lifting weights and bodybuilding and stuff like that. And I'm finding that I'm, over the last couple of years, I'm getting back into it. But I want to do it smarter. And, and these guys, they're talking about stuff. And I'm like, 
can you just show me the exercise? Like, I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, 100%, like, yep. Most of the guys yep. that I worked out with couldn't even spell their name, so I just want to <laughs> just I pick up the weight and I put it down. That kind of thing. Just show me the exercise that I'll pick up. If you're telling me what it does, how it does, and you're 100%. using words that are longer than it, I don't, I can't figure it out. Please, that's a hundred percent. Yeah. You know what I mean? so true, dude. Will you just show me how to put the weights on and just pick up the bar, please? Listen, there's the old <laughs> thought, right, that most muscle heads were dumb. And some of them were, but not all of them. Now there's the movement to say that, you know, big built men have to be brainiacs. And there are some. But for the most part, how much weight you stacking on? Show me the movement. I don't care what it's doing yeah, for the yeah. for the primary, yeah. secondary muscle. <laughs> I just want to work out. But yep. today there are people that want to. I totally get it. I totally get it. Yeah, I do too. I do. It's kind of like, I guess, people listening to this show. They don't want to hear the stories. Just tell us how you did it and if it worked. Because if it doesn't, because most of the time you guys talk about everything that doesn't work. <laughs> well, I don't tune back in. You guys have no you idea. Know what I mean, but listen, if you've learned anything, at least from Chris Natalini, my internationally known co host, is do as many things as you possibly can because it's going to come back to you 20 years later and you'll wind up in the New York Post. Absolutely. Absolutely. See, you know what I mean? I do know what I'm talking you, about. I was in the New York Post. That's man. right. That's right. <laughs> it's like when there's only one member left of a band 40 years later and he wasn't even the original band he joined two years ago, and it's his <laughs> name over the band's name. There you go. At least uh, I'll get an editing job, I hope. <laughs> Stick with me, kid. That's I will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I'm starting to learn my lesson. <laughs> I'm reaching that age that goes, you know what? Maybe I was never as talented as I thought I was. <laughs> you know, all these years I thought I was going to amount to something. But no, you haven't, man. If it hasn't happened now, kid, you might as well go get a trash <laughs> truck job. <laughs> so funny. Ah, <laughs> oh, so good. You are listening to The Cosmic Voice with your hosts, Chris Natalini and Mick Michaels. All right. So now to take a complete turn, we're going to get to the yeah. topic of the show. And the topic of the show is dead jail or rock and roll. Now, we've actually been holding off on this episode for quite a while. It's more than just a Michael Monroe song, which, believe it or not, I didn't like originally, but as oh, yeah. as Satellite plays it like every five minutes, <laughs> I seem to like it more and more. You know what I mean? It's one of those kind of yeah. things. Yeah. But it's pertaining to artists that we've lost on the grand scope of things. You know, artists pass every year. You know, your favorite artist or an artist that's been out of the limelight for a while. Of course, it's kind of the given to the cycle of life. However... As individual artists, sometimes there's people right in your own camp that are taken sooner than expected, or that should, you know. I mean, again, it's all part of that cycle of life. We wanted to kind of maybe just talk about it from experience and how that maybe affects how you move forward. A lot of what the topics of this season have been to overcome some of the challenges that we're facing as artists. No one's immune to it. Like no. It could happen no. to anybody at any time, yes. unfortunately. Yep. And that's yes. the thing. We just don't know. Where does it leave us sometimes? How do we move past it? I've met some people that you know have lost people that they've worked with in different aspects of their life, not just musicians, even significant others, that they pretty much, their life is shut down. 
And that's yeah, the yeah. tough thing to watch as an outsider who cares about these individuals. Because it's tough. I'm not saying that it isn't tough because it is tough. I mean, I've lost family members and it's been years. And Chris, you can witness to this as well. A day doesn't go by that you don't think about these people. Of and course. It could stop you in your tracks. And there's times throughout the year where you're kind of like a little lower in spirits because that person isn't around. But as musicians, I wanted to kind of focus on that and just get some viewpoints to see if there was something that, you know, we can offer somebody else who may have experienced it or, or something of that nature. What do you think, buddy? First of all, you know, I have always said, because a lot of these legends now, a lot of these legend artists are dying, you know, because we've aged and we get older. And there's been a resurgence of a lot of bands kind of getting together and doing reunions. And I always have said, if all the living members are still together, why are we not? getting together making huge amounts of money and just doing it one last run right like i said this about van halen i know they did something in 2016 but you know and of course eddie got sick and he couldn't do it but you know there's so many bands out there that all the living members are you know they're still alive all the members of the band are still alive get it together put your egos aside make a lot of money go out on the road one last time i don't understand this whole thing and, and you know there's of course there's money there's egos to me it doesn't make sense put all that stuff aside and do it one more time anyway on that note so i'm a firm believer in realizing that life is so precious and we don't know what tomorrow is bringing right so we try to make the best of it today you and i spoke about off the air you know we do these celebrations of life which at the time of this recording i'm moving into i mean one of my bands is going to we're going to be doing a celebration of life of a, a guy that we've known for a long time that was a singer and, and guitar player in a, in a band that made some pretty decent waves in the uh, late 90s early 2000s and he passed away i guess a few months ago he'd had some issues and he is now gone and we we're moving into doing a celebration of life for him you and I just said off the air, well, you would actually say that we, you know, we, we do these things. We celebrate life when the person's gone. We don't celebrate life when we're here. And, you know, that's, that's such a huge quote and it makes perfect sense. It does. We're so inundated with, you know, the things that go on in our daily lives, whether it be work, family, and it's hard. Listen, man, it is hard to be alive. It is hard to get through life on a daily basis. It really truly is. And I feel for people that are struggling people struggle every day and i get it so it's real hard to celebrate life when you're constantly um you know just feeling like you're you're beat down right like you're just getting beat down to be honest like the first person that i lost in a band situation was uh joe he was the drummer of my former band he hadn't been out of the band that long and he was diagnosed with brain cancer and that was hard i mean that was hard because you know, he left the band on not such great terms. Now, I can say that him and I have, uh, it was kind of a full band's decision to let him go. He was one of those guys, God rest his soul. He was one of those guys that was kind of, he constantly got in his own way, right? Like he was a super, super nice guy, great drummer. He didn't have a lot of self-esteem and he was constantly getting in his own way. When he was gone from my former band, um, like I said, it wasn't long after that that he was diagnosed. And it's funny how things in life work, right, Mick? Like, what would the band have been like if he got diagnosed when he was still in it? I don't know. What would we have done? Would we have carried on without him? Would we have... And how do you do that? You know what I mean? And, and that's a horrible thing. I, I always go back to Def Leppard, right? Like, their drummer loses his arm. Their drummer loses his arm man and these guys had the wherewithal to stick by him and as far as i know uh, i've never read anything different as far as i know they never talked about 
getting rid of them. And that is amazing to me that your drummer loses an arm in a time where technology wasn't all that advanced and they worked around it. And now they're, you know, still one of the biggest bands in the world. That says a lot about those dudes. I don't care if you like the music or not. That says a lot about those guys in that camp. So I think back to when Joe was with us, what we would have done, what we would have sidelined ourselves. And, you know, because ultimately, you know, he, he did pass. He put on a hell of a battle. And I used to tell him all the time, if anybody was going to beat this thing, it's going to be him. And he did. He had a good run for about a year of beating it, you know, going into remission and getting surgeries. And he had a really good run. And, and I could say that him and I uh, patched up some, I don't want to say differences, but I, I guess we were on good terms when he had passed, which I'm super happy about. You know, the, one of the worst things in the world was, and this goes to celebrating life and realizing that, you know, relationships are sometimes more important than anything. Because when he got diagnosed, I had to make that call. And I really felt dumb doing it because it's like, oh, why didn't I make this call when he wasn't diagnosed? Like, why didn't we patch up our differences before he got sick? You know, that's one of the things that sticks with me. And like I said, I'm, I'm very glad. And I did tell him that. I told him how I felt about making that phone call. And he understood. And, you know, like I said, we when he passed, we were on we were on pretty good terms. So and I'm happy about that. So he was really Joe was one of the first ones that were that close to me that passed. And I've had a couple pass since then. And it's not easy. It, it's really not easy when you lose someone in your community of music because, you know, we all do this for the same reason whether you're in a tribute band, whether you're an original band, we're all doing it for the same reason. We're all doing it for the love of doing it, for the accolades, for the, you know, those little 15 minutes of fame. And when you lose someone in your own community, that's a, that's a pretty hard thing. And you and I just uh, recently lost another, at the time of recording this, you and I just lost another musician, you know, that was an amazing talent, great drummer, great band. Uh, you know, they were a tribute band and we just lost him and, uh, you know, when you lose someone in your community, and, and I and I was personally friends with, um, oh, hell, I'm just going to say, I don't know why I'm reading, beating around the bush. So get the lead out. There's a Led Zeppelin tribute band. And at the time recording this, we just lost our drummer, Adam Ferriol. A few years ago, we lost Diana, you know, their backup singer, who I, I was super friendly with. We went to high school together. I mean, we lost touch over the years, but her mom and my mom stayed close because her mom was a pharmacist at a local drugstore that my mom goes to. And Diana and I always chatted up online once in a while, and, and she lost her battle to breast cancer. And that was tough because she was, again, super talented, beautiful young lady. You know, there's two people from that band that are gone. And that's got to be hard, man. That, that's a hard thing to get. So when you lose people in our community, it's a really, really tough thing. And like I said, we just lost someone in our metal community a few months ago that we're about to. And his name is Kevin. And he used to sing and play guitar for a band called Poltergeist. We're about to do it. At the time of recording, we're getting ready to do a celebration of life for him. And, and that was hard, too. Not to give away his, because uh, his story is not mine to tell, but he had some issues that he couldn't get over. But, you know, he's gone. Either way, he's gone. So it's tough, man. It's tough in this business. And we get older, you know, these. this is what happens as we get older. Never once in my life, to, growing up doing this thing, I never even once thought about people in our community passing away. It just wasn't something that I thought of. Especially when you're younger, you don't consider this. No. We had this topic to be covered in this season from the beginning. Actually, before the yeah, season started. One. But yeah. it's the passing of Adam that kind of had us do it sooner in the season. I played with Adam for a very short time in the 90s. It was a very enjoyable time. And though it didn't go anywhere, it was a memory that I still think of quite often. 
He was a phenomenal drummer. Both of his younger brothers played. Yeah. The middle brother had passed away years before from a battle of cancer, and he was he was in his early 20s. I played with the younger brother as well on drums, friendly with the family and all, so it was a sad thing. But like I said, I played with Adam and Billy Childs, actually, in the 90s for a short time. Like I said, it didn't go anywhere, probably because I sucked, but anyway, <laughs> hey, listen, I'll tell you what it is, right? <laughs> But it's a fond memory. It really is a fond memory that I actually had that opportunity to do so. But it's sad. And unfortunately, because like you said, we never think about it. We always think there's going to be time. These people are always going to be around. I've lost several former band members in the last few years. Yeah, Yeah, you have. You know, my singer from Seeker, the band I was in in the 80s, he was tragically killed at the start of COVID in an auto accident. And what was ironic is that the holiday before, we had, that year before, we were approached to do a re-release from an EP that Seeker had released in 1990. A label came and said that they wanted to do a, a reissue of it. And some of the band members weren't talking anymore. Because we've had falling outs but I said listen I'll contact everybody personally and just to let them know what's happening and I'm glad that I did now Frank he was the singer Frankie D I had kept in communication with Frankie on and off for a lot of years he had moved out of the area he was living in Arizona I had visited him several times I'd worked on him with other projects you know side projects we were trying to get together so the thing is is that as all people you know you had dilemmas with one another when you're younger and you know bands kind of fall apart because of that but you know you kind of put that stuff aside as time goes along but I, i'm glad that i had the opportunity to have that album reissued because i think he was really proud of it because he had kind of put music off to the side and just kind of periodically dabbled with it and i think more so because i had asked him to do stuff than him having a need to go out and fulfill it if that makes sense so up until the day before that he was tragically taken we were still communicating and again not knowing that covid was going to happen just weeks later you know in the shutdown we were making plans that i was going to come out again to see him later that spring early that summer unfortunately that didn't happen And then on top of everything else that was happening in 2020, I felt the effects of his passing for more than a year. And it really, really affected me in such a way that I can't quite explain. And I felt the need to honor him. We did some tribute stuff for him, for Seeker, to just kind of showcase some of his accomplishments. Uh, Even to the fact that we had a a fundraiser kind of put together by the sale of the CD to kind of, you know, make it aware of, you know, because he died on the job. He was a... He was like a road construction guy, He was a road construction guy. So we were able to shed some light on that and the amount of people that are actually taken each year because of careless drivers. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. With my band, Corners, we wound up redoing a couple old songs, and I was able to get recordings of him, and I used leftover vocal recordings, and I actually got them placed in the songs that we did. And you and I even used some of Mm -hmm. his vocals in some of the hereafter stuff as a continuation to a little tribute to him. You know what I mean? Again, some people wouldn't know the difference, and it doesn't matter. This was more or less a personal thing. Unfortunately, six months before that, I had lost a drummer that I played with in a band called Corporate Mass in the 90s, and he actually also played in Seeker for a short time as we were trying to rebuild the band. But as some people would have, he had some issues that he was still dealing with, and I think it got the better of him, which caused other problems in his life, and, you know, it was all kind of like a 
a trickle-down type of effect. But yeah. that was another sad ending, and it was a shame because there was talk about us just kind of revamping some material and trying to do something. And, and we did a little tribute to him as well. You know, but again, it affected me in a way. And the funny thing is, is maybe, actually, it probably was less than six months. It was from October to March that I lost those two friends that I played with and for a lot of years. I think that it was a compounding. Like, like, oh, my God, what's happening? And then, of course, on top of that, with what happened with COVID and all. Recently, I would say maybe about four or five months ago, another drummer that I played with had passed. And I know that he had some struggles and some challenges that he constantly was working through i had seen him periodically and we would always talk about the old days more him than i and we were friendly at that we didn't stay in regular communication but again mm-hmm. it when you think about it, it's like there was a chunk of time i spent with this individual and now it only exists in the memory it's gone yeah you know yeah. and it's tough yeah. it just makes you think about certain things and i was very honored you as well we got to work with steve grimmett of yeah. grim reaper and yeah. we worked on a song and he was the primary lead vocal and we were going back and forth and stuff like that you know i met steve in person several times my band opened up for him i interviewed him on the cosmic view and, and like i said we got to work on the song and and we had a lot of communication that way because of that on a period of time so we were friendly enough I mean, not that we were in each other's weddings or anything, but again, there was a working relationship and we knew each other in that capacity. But when someone passes that you've talked to, that you know, that you know, you've worked with, there's always a little little hole that's left. And mm-hmm. I think that I was able to work through some of it because I pushed through with the music and I gave some music a little bit more of a purpose. And it was my way of honoring each one of those individuals for their time and what I hold dear from that time, from knowing them, what they taught me in some capacity, my experiences, that kind of thing. It was just my way of of paying tribute to them, honoring them, their memory and, and their legacy. But I also found that it was a way for me to work through it myself, mentally, spiritually, because it's a lot to take in. Yeah. I mean, listen, people pass every day, almost 99.9%. Most of us don't know, right? Because the world is so big and vast. I know an individual who actually seems to be spiritually shaken every time some celebrity passes that was either significant in their childhood or they enjoyed something from them as if they knew them personally. And there is a common thing that people experience because when you like someone, when someone is offering you something more than just the tangible, like take this, like, you know, and you grab it in your hand. If it's creating something more, there's an emotional effect. Like we talked about with music in a couple of the podcasts, like it has this emotional content. There are some emotional, spiritual, mental content that resonates so well with you that after a while you feel like you know this person because they're giving you something that you just can't put a value on it. Yeah. And it's just not a definition. I've been in conversations with my friend, with other people, and people are like, listen, people die every day. What are you going to do? You know, I mean, there's, it may sound insensitive, but at the same time, that's how, I guess, as humans, we learn to deal with the reality of life, right? That circle that, like, sooner or later, you know, there's that joke, we're all headed for the same place, six feet under. (laughs) 
think too that well, especially with us with as musicians, I think that because music is such a big part of our lives, right? Like I'll never forget when Cliff Burton from Metallica was killed. I remember a bunch of us sitting in a football field blasting Master of Puppets on our radio on tape deck. Like and we I just remember all of us just being so lost and so upset. We didn't know the guy, right? But Metallica was our band. You know what I mean? Like they were something to us. I felt the same same way when Dimebag was killed. And of course, you know, Eddie Van Halen. You know, Van Halen's one of my all-time favorite bands. And when Eddie died, man, I, I just I was I was I was grief stricken. Like I never seen the man a bunch of times, never knew the man. You know, I'm not gonna talk about his personal life. I'm, I'm I know he was difficult at times, but he was the guy, man. Like when he passed, he took a a hunk of my life with them. And as silly as that may sound to some, music is a big part of our lives. So when we lose musicians, that's a big thing. Just like when Matthew Perry passed away, you know, uh, uh, millions of people watched Friends. He became, he was someone that was in your house once a week, you know, and you fell in love with that person. And when they're gone, they're gone. And it takes a huge chunk of your life with them. As time for this recording, we just lost Carl Weathers. You know, you and I are of that age where Carl was, predator and he was in rocky and you know there were movies that we grew up on and you know that uh you know that that's a thing man when you when you when you grow up with someone and, and they're part of your past it stings when they're gone yeah it is tough it's not always an easy thing to overcome and i think i was able to you know using my artistic endeavors it helped me ease some of the pain with frankie d i think of him quite often quite regularly because I think of the way that he was taken. And yeah. I know that he was, as, you know, talking to him and all, he was so excited that there was the reissue of the Seeker EP and that it kind of came full circle because yeah. he was really excited about it. He was coming into such a, a good place in his life that, you know, he was accepting of it. And I think that, you know, he was so content and then this happens you know and it's um it's tough i often think of that like of the loss that happened and what could have been you know again yeah. that's just survivor remorse yeah. regret type of thing you know you, you go through all this process and however you look at you know the universe and and all that stuff you know you like to tell yourself you know he's in a much better place for whatever that is especially in the way that he was taken it's not just musicians. People struggle with things. Yeah. I think that sometimes they call it the sweet release, that maybe this was the best thing for them so they wouldn't go through this. A lot of people know that they have issue. They just yeah. don't seem to be able to overcome it. And it's sad to watch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one drummer that I had talked about, we were such good friends. And it was hard to watch to watch yeah. the spiral so much so that there was groups and groups of people including family members that just gave up they said there's nothing we can do and the sad thing is is that he passed alone and it really was it was a sad thing you know yeah i mean there was a lot yeah. of help that was offered there was a lot of fresh starts but it wound up becoming the same thing over and over again because we're all fighting demons every single one of us all the time every day I thankfully have allowed music to be one of those things that helped me to fight that battle. And as I was saying before we got to recording the show, that 
one of the reasons I got back into music was because of people that I had lost. I always talked about, I'm going to do it again. I'm coming back. I got to get, you know, I was waiting for the right time, but I realized there is no right time. No right time truly exists. It's whenever you're ready to do it, you do it. Yeah. Because I didn't want to live a life of regret. And when I lost a couple people that were so close to me, I knew that they were passing with tons of regret. They wished they did. I should have, could have, whatever that stuff. And I says, I'm just not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to wait around. If it fails, then at least I gave it the shot. If it's yeah. something comes about it, well, here we are now. If you're going to do something, do it. Like they said, just buy the concert tickets. You know, That's buy it, that guitar, whatever it is. Yep. Make the yep. most of it. Honor those that are with you all the time. Take people exactly where they're at at that moment because you just never know what they're going through. You know, worst case scenario, write about it. Put it into your music. What do you think, buddy? You got so, anything else you want to add? No, man. I, I think you and I, as as musicians and artists, I think that I think those feelings go right into our music. But I agree, man. You can't take it with you. So just enjoy it. If you get a chance to do it, just do it. Just do it, because you may wind up just in the New it. York Post. If you like that Hell episode, yeah. check out some of our other episodes at www.thecosmicvoice.com. Step into the cosmic verse and fill that void. Thanks so much for listening. This is The Cosmic Voice. Be sure to check us out at thecosmicvoice.com. Like and follow us on Facebook at The Cosmic Voice. You can find The Cosmic Voice everywhere you listen to online podcasts like Deezer, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, and so many more. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us. If you're hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, Mick and I would like to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And we hope you enjoyed this new episode. And if you did, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, feel free to let us know what topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes of The Cosmic Voice. And you can get in touch with us through thecosmicvoice.com and, of course, all of the Cosmic Voice social medias. Take care and be safe. You're listening to The Cosmic Voice. Music, talk, and nothing but business.